Redemption Church! See if this stands. Oh, the test right here. That's what happens when you don't rehearse things. That doesn't look right. All right. So, somebody called this the R2-D2 of church work. I'm like, yes, that is awesome. So, oh, 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 nope, not going to, nope, uh, that's really dumb still. All right, so, as dumb as the way I look holding my Bible like this trying to work it. All right, so, yeah, that's sad. It's going to fall, I'm telling you. Hey, let's go pray together. Jesus, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for uh, what we have the opportunity to be a part of today, uh, celebrating this year one and all the things that you have done for us by your grace and in your goodness. And and so really, man, I I give this day to you completely. It is your day. This is your church. Uh, We are your people that long uh, to just simply... um, enjoy you and know what it is you call us to and fulfill those things and so we love you jesus we thank you and we praise you in your awesome and good name amen so we are one year old we are a church in diapers that's what that is so We are very excited to be a church in diapers, which means we still have a lot of years ahead of us. We have a lot of opportunities. And so today, I don't really want to preach necessarily. I wanted to share for a little bit. Um, But I want to reflect just briefly on the last year, because it really was one year ago this week where we came together and, and we didn't know a whole lot. Really. I mean, what we knew was pretty limited. There was a lot of the whole, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we're getting into. We don't know what this is going to mean. We don't know what's going to be required of us. But we knew one thing, that in starting Redemption Church, it was all about Jesus. That was the one conviction we had. That's the one thing we knew. After that, we're like, all right, Jesus, whatever you do with us, great. But it's all about you. This is your church. You're the senior pastor. You've opened it. You deploy it. You use it. You grow it. You groom it. Hopefully, man, in that we get to experience all the positive blessings. But we know that in following you, sometimes there can be hardship. But it doesn't matter because it's all about you. That was the heart, that was the passion, day one, hour one, that's what we knew. From there, as the week unfolded and we began to figure out, Jesus, what do you want us to do as a church? There were some things that became really important to us. First was our belief. And our belief, though very simple, almost like a little quip, is actually deep theologically. And it's this belief that we know we are imperfect people. We are jacked up. We have issues. We have baggage. If we're not a legalist, we have too much license, right? We have problems, but we know we have been redeemed by a perfect God. And so if it's all about Jesus, we knew that that belief had to be central in perfect people. That means as a church, we need to continue to maintain the heart that says it is a safe place for imperfect people to roost here. Because we acknowledge, man, all of us are on a journey. All of us are in process. All of us have things to learn and grow in. In fact, if there's anything I've learned over the course of my own spiritual journey is that uh, the longer I grow in Christ, the more growth I have. 
Not only because I become more aware of things, but also because I become more aware of the dangers of becoming a little too judgmental, a little bit too elitist, a little too superior. And so all the more I am driven back to grace, driven back to the cross that says, no, 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 it's not, it's not about you. It's all about me. It's all about Jesus. But that is our core belief. From there, we knew that we had a mission. And as a mission, as a church, we knew that what we did, if it's all about Jesus, had to be for the glory of God. That's no small thing. I can tell you right now, a lot of people, they start churches, they plant ministries, and the focus is, it's all about people. And our thing is, no, it's all about Jesus. Therefore, first and foremost, what we do is for the glory of God. Everything we do is for the glory of God. Right? And then in that, it's by the grace of God. Right? He brings the the energy to bear. He brings the life into our lives and into our churches. It is by the grace of God. But it's not just so we can all huddle together, hang out, have a good time on Sunday, but it's also for the good of our city. That we want to be a place that glorifies God by the grace of God, but takes it out of who we are gathered together and takes it into our community, loves on our city, brings it to people that don't know Jesus, loves them where they're at, not where we expect them to be. Right? Loves them just where they're at. And then lets God do the work from there. We knew that that was our mission. And we knew then that our goal for us as followers of Jesus, as a community of faith called Redemption Church, we knew that our heart for every single one of us us, was to to be missional theologians. To say that we want to be God-centered and outreach-oriented. We want to make sure that He gets the credit and He gets the glory and He gets the focus and He gets all of our preoccupation. But then we take that into the world around us because they need to know too. So we are theologians, and we are missional. We want to be vertical, we want to be horizontal. We want to love God, we want to love people. And so we knew, man, that was going to be the core. By the end of that week, that's what we knew. And so then we looked and we said, all right, well then what are the priorities? How do we execute this? What do we do? And so we came up with our fancy backpack that is still standing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so... We came up with this great backpack to say, hey, there are four priorities for us as a church, four things that we will hold dear, that we will protect, that we will fight for no matter what. And the first was worship. We said, no matter what we do as a church, we want to worship. And so with our packet is the Bible. See, a lot of us think the Bible's about education or about knowledge or about theology. And I would say, yes, if, if, as long as you're, you're looking at that theology from the perspective of we learn it to worship. We read it to worship. We memorize it to worship. We follow it to worship. It's not just morals that get us to heaven. It is the grace of Jesus Christ that gets us to heaven. Therefore, we read this and we say, thank you. I praise you. I follow you as worship to you. Right? That is always to be the heart of worship and the Bible. And so we as a church, this is the book that guides us. There is not another book we look to to guide us. Sometimes we will go overboard on the Bible. We'd rather overdo it than undershoot it. Because this matters. Worship matters. Next, we said the thing that matters to us, one of our four priorities, is the gospel. The good news of Jesus. And for us, it is a squirt gun. 
Because we are loading up and storming the gates of hell, baby. That's what the gospel is. That's what the gospel does. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God for salvation in Romans chapter 1. It says in Colossians chapter 2 that the gospel is really the victory of Jesus Christ. It says in Ephesians 4 that the Spirit is the unifier through the gospel. The gospel is everything to us as a church. We're not here to preach good advice, but good news. If we pass out good advice, the good advice must always be tethered to the cross and the good news. That that's just what matters, and so that matters to us. So we're loading up, we're squirting hell, man. For the glory of God. The third thing that we said matters to us is church. And so for us, it's symbolized by this rope. That we said what is so important for people in the church is to realize that we must tether together. Christianity is not an individual pursuit. It is not a solo gig. That is one of the greatest lies the enemy has told Christians all across the United States that it's about us and Jesus and that's it when Jesus says no I saved you into my church I saved you into something much bigger than you and you cannot grow to your full capacity unless you are tethered to the whole and so we link up we tie together we rely on one another if we think we can just come on Sunday and say that's sufficient, Jesus says, no, 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 that, that's not sufficient. You, you, you must be tethered. You must be tied in. So for us as a church, we said, man, we need the icon of the rope to remind us that we group on Sunday and then we regroup in other environments. Because that syncing up, that fellowship, that unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, as it said, man, that is what matters. And then the last icon has to do with kingdom. And kingdom is the very nature of the pack itself, right? That we're to pack it out, we're to go, we're to suit up and go. We're a church without walls, which means no mortgage, but some inconveniences. That's what that means. And yet, what a blessing. That's how the early church did it. And so we know as a church, as people, as individuals, because we care about the kingdom, we slap on the pack and we pack it out of this place and we take it to our city. But you also notice we've added something. We've added the cool shovel. See a little something, something this year. All right, so it's the bling. All right, so that has to do with this kind of blooming priority that we have as a church which is not simply to pack it out locally, but to plant it globally. That we are as much a planting type church with a planting type philosophy as we are a local pack it out kind of church with a local love the city philosophy. And so some of the things we've done with that, we started an internship program, a resident pastor program. We're starting to send out church planting missionaries. They may do that 5,000 miles away. They may do that 15 miles away. Doesn't matter to us, but we want to be planting. So we got the shovel to dig, to plant, because it's our priority. Because the one thing that Jesus left for the world was the church. The one thing that will preach the gospel is the church. There are plenty of great humanitarian opportunities. There are plenty of great philanthropic 
organizations and enterprises that want to help people in all sorts of ways. And we say, awesome, amen, thank you. We even want to be a part of some of that. But we know that the one thing that will change everything is the gospel in the church, is the mechanism Jesus uses to accomplish that. And so we look and we say, man, of all the things you could have us do, Jesus, what do you want us to do? Plant. And so we slap on the shovel and say, awesome, we got the shovel, we got the pack, got the rope, got the gun, got the Bible, and we got our cool big R. We're suited up, ready to go. This is what we want to do. These were the things and continue to be the things for Redemption Church that matter to us. That we want to refine, that we want to get better at, that we want to make investment toward. But, but here's the thing that I think is, is so important. I think it's us, all of us, as individuals, taking ownership of that. Taking ownership of our values and our priorities far more than anything else. I say this because here's a question that we are beginning to hear more and more as we're kind of ending year one, going into year two. People say, what's next for Redemption Church? And what they mean is building or property kind of this tangible is kind of what they mean. And, and, and as a staff or elders or whatever, we start to answer that question. As soon as they ask, we say, well, we're not sure, but, you know, we have this commitment to no debt and da 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 You know, we're not sure if we're going to buy property or lease. It's the wrong answer. It's been completely the wrong answer we've been giving. And I think Pastor Scott put it really well just like a week or two ago. He comes in and he goes, you know what? We keep trying to, like kind of bounce our way through this particular question when the answer is here's redemption's next step to reach as many people as humanly possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ for God's glory. That's the answer. Right? Instead of fumbling along through the, oh, you know, we got to do this, we got to do that. No, it's just that. The mission is that simple. That's the mission that Jesus gave. Here he is. He's glowing. He's floating into the sky. Some people still don't believe. I don't even know why they don't believe when you see Jesus floating into the sky. But they didn't. But Jesus says as he's floating into the sky, all glowing, here is your calling. Your calling is this. Go. Make disciples. That was his calling, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded to you. Right? That's, that's what redemption's next move is. It's always the same move. But see, the way that happens effectively, the way a church makes an impact, is when you have God-glorifying, Bible-believing personal investing, neighbor-loving, idol-rejecting, Satan-hating, sin-fighting, selfish-resisting, kingdom-wanting, priority-owning men and women who say, we want to do it different. We want to take that personal ownership and that personal investment. I'm not simply going to look at the person next to me and say, I hope you're doing it. I'm not going to simply look at other churches and say, I hope they're doing it. I'm not going to simply look at our pastors and say, I hope you're doing it. No, we all do it together. Churches thrive and grow and are blessed by God when the people of the church say, yes, send me. It's the spirit of Isaiah. Who will go? Who will do? Who is willing to be inconvenienced? Because I guarantee you, it takes inconvenience. Greatness has never, ever come easy. 
Greatness has never been simple. Every ministry or church any of us could ever look at that we would say, that is an amazing ministry. You know what they're going to tell you? Yeah, blood, sweat, and tears. Nobody's going to say, wow, I don't know. We just started doing stuff and things happened and no effort. Piece of cake, man. No, but there's something also in there that I think is important, which is the heart. And that's that reality that God grafts in His special blessing and presence. When the heart of His people in any given local church says, you know what? I'm desperate for you to flex. See, it's not just going to be uh, if we have fancy enough skills and bright enough lights and cool enough video and loud enough sound system and great children's ministry and fantastic youth and all those pieces are just going to automatically make the machine work. No, that's, that's not the way to look at it. Now, don't get me wrong. You could do all of that. You could really grow a great, huge, big ministry, but it doesn't mean that God's presence is dramatically residing with it. See, what we're talking about is the desire to be desperate. The desire to say, you know what, I, I want to be a part of a, a movement. I, I want to see you, God, do something that 20, 30, 50 years from now, I look back and I go, man, I was, I was a part of this thing that you did. And I was blessed for it. See, the great thing about things like this is, you know what, we, we don't need a big building to legitimize our purpose. We, we don't need every type of bell and whistle to, to make that happen. Because actually, what we really need in all of that is just fundamentally that every single one of us says, I buy in. I buy in. I want to go. I want to be a part of. I want to do. Again, it's the spirit of Isaiah that says, send me. I really believe when there is faithful effort... God brings fruitful ministry. Now, I don't know how that fruit always is. Don't always assume that fruitful means numeric. Fruitful just means fruitful when we are faithful. But see, it calls us as individuals, every single one of us to say, you know what, that's the investment I want to make. And so it causes every single one of us to ask the question, Jesus, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to invest? You've given me time. You've given me talents. You've given me treasures. How do you want me to use all three for your kingdom? All three for your glory. All three for your gospel. All three for your church. We use a lot of our time and talent and treasures for things that don't endure. And so how does he want us to leverage some of that for things that last forever? Each one of us, looking deep inside and doing that evaluation and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and lives to say, what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want my family to do? What adjustments do I need to make to do uncomfortable things in kingdom ways so the cross wins? See, that's where it comes down to us. The church is never going to be the mechanism or organization uh, it, as the success point. It's always going to be us. Us as the people that say, I want to go send me. That's the ownership. So as we analyze that, man, what do you want me to do? I can tell you some of the things that we as 
kind of the organizational side. Hope to do, want to do, are striving to do over the course of the next handful of months, even the next few weeks, right? So here's just a quick little preview so you can start to get a sense of what we're dreaming about and praying about and executing and starting to plan or roll out or whatever. And some of these things are going to come at different intervals. But it's so you kind of know and go, oh, okay, I see where it's going. And maybe in that you go, I see where I can be a part of it with my time, with my talents, with my treasures, because all three will be needed. If we are to go forward and do the things that we feel called to do as a church. Now, in the most immediate sense, is, is just the next couple of Sundays. So next Sunday will be the first question and answer session that we have had as a church. This is basically Stump the Pastor Sunday. Great times. All right, so... You just text in questions. Scott asks them live. I've had no time to prep. I just have to answer those. Be gentle, all right? Um, you can ask anything. You can ask a Bible question, doctrine question, church question, practical question, personal question, but watch out. I will answer those. Um, you know, so um, whatever it is. Uh, also, there'll be little cards on Sunday. You can fill out your question. They can sent, be sent up at the front. I think there's also an email address. You can send those to Ryan. I think that's where they end up going. So I won't see them, but we'll answer them next Sunday. That'll be a lot of fun. Then the following Sunday, we're kicking off a series. This is a great series to bring a friend to. We're calling it Sunday School uncut. Nice. All right. And so it's all those stories you think, you know, and then you'll find out, wow, some of those have our ratings. Why? Because they're in the Bible. That's why. Um, right. So like Noah's Ark, we're going to go through Noah's Ark, David and Goliath, Jonah and the whale that wasn't really a whale. All of this stuff. You're like, wow, I didn't know that story said that. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. The cool thing is if you come to every week, every week you come, you'll have a little card on that card, you'll get a little gold star, just like Sunday school, right? That's how cool this is, I'm telling you what. Um, and if you get a gold star every Sunday for perfect attendance, we throw it into a raffle for a very awesome prize, all right? So, you want to be a part of Sunday school every single week, you want to bring a friend, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll probably get in a little bit of trouble, because it is the Old Testament, it is a scary place, all right? So, um, you want to keep that in mind. So that's something that is going to be happening real, real soon. Bring a friend to that. So that's really cool. Um, oh, nice. That's a variable I haven't thought about yet. That's awesome. All right. So got to think that one through. That is fantastic. Um, here's some things missionally that we care about. Now, uh, missional is this word that we use that, you know, you go back 10, 15 years ago, it was evangelism or outreach. We love those words too, but we try to communicate the idea that we are now on a mission field as Americans. It used to be taken for granted that, you know what, this is just predominantly a Christian nation. Everybody knows the Christian thing. Uh, that's not true anymore. We need to see ourselves as missionaries trying to reach a lost culture. So we talk in terms of missional. And this is so important to us. We literally made a massive staff change. And we said, we're taking one of our pastors and moving him, it was Scott Thompson, and we moved him completely to outreach, completely to mission. Saying, Scott, we want to make sure that we allocate an entire staff position to a person that basically rides us, reminds us, and deploys us to mission. Because we don't want to say, hey, as a church, we want to reach people for Jesus. Well, what kind of budget line do you have for that? Oh, $52.72. You know, we didn't, we didn't want to say it's important in theory, but not important in monetary practice. So we said an entire staff member goes that direction. 
Because that's dear to us. And so with that, we have a number of things that we do and we want to do even to more effectively reach people. Like currently, we have our Bible camp, traditionally known as uh, Vacation Bible School, VBS. We have Bible camp we did this year, great Bible camp. Next year, doing it again and very excited about that. We have uh, our youth camps that are getting planned right now. And it sounds like they're going to be even going more the direction of kind of outreach-oriented to reach kids for Christ. We're excited about that. This year we had the shootout. Yes. And thank you for that. I needed that. All right. So need that testosterone in the room. All right. So um, I feel better already. Okay. So had that. Um, we're going to have that next year. That's going to be a great event. We had like 50 guys. We're planning a lot more this next year. So that's, gonna, that's really cool. And we've done that. Theology on Tap continues to go on. We love Theology on Tap. Bring people to Theology on Tap. Uh, this month is who would Jesus vote for? Bring gloves uh, and headgear. Um, a lot of fun. Good thing there isn't beer involved. Okay, so um, we have daddy-daughter dessert that's going to be coming up. That's another chance to invite a friend to bring their daughter and just kind of a safe easy environment to do that. Uh, Christmas Eve service, which for us is different. We don't have a service, i.e. a thing we come to sit and listen to a message, but we go and we serve our city on Christmas Eve. We say, hey, we're here to serve you because we're honoring the birth of Christ. Right? So that's something we're planning. But then we have some other things we want to do that we're planning to do. Uh, My wife is planning something called 31 on the Vine, which is the female equivalent of Theology on Tap, basically. Um, going to be very cool hoping to roll that out after the first of the year that's something we're wanting to do uh we also are planning things like uh, financial peace university so classes on helping people with finances which is actually a great missional thing because people have financial problems and to offer solution again can be a very key thing to then taking them to the gospel we're also hoping uh, after the first of the year to do some marriage and parenting classes on like a Monday night or something like that. Again, it's an opportunity to give people direction. Right now we have a handful of people in our church training to be biblical counselors to open a free biblical counseling program out of our church to our city. Right? And we're doing that specifically because if you look at Duval, it's not like we look around and we go, man, there's a huge homeless population. In other words, when we started assessing the needs of our city, We said, what are the greatest needs? And we said, well, people seem to have a few bucks, but they also seem to have a lot of marital problems. And they do have some financial problems, and they do have some kid problems, and they do have some substance abuse problems. And so what's the thing we can do to meet the need of the city? Counseling, parenting, marriage, finance. That's what we can bring to the table. So those are some of the things that we're planning on for this next year. Uh, We have community programs that we open the hub up to. 4-H. We're hoping to open it up to Al-Anon and AA. It's just been a scheduling challenge. Boy Scouts. We're starting to think about turning the hub into a Wi-Fi spot publicly for people just to use with somebody there that can be, again, just a beacon for Christ. We're starting to try to contact some of the senior citizen organizations to say, hey, do you want to use the hub in the daytime as a place just to do whatever you would like to do? To bless the city, we're talking about, uh, we're organizing with the city to be one of the cooling rooms and heating rooms during bad weather. Anything we can do to let the city know we love you where you're at. Those things matter to us because we are on mission. And even every one of us as missional theologians, it's going out into our world and saying, how can I bring, how can I share, how can I connect? How can I invest myself into somebody else? That's the heart of redemption. So those are some of the things we're looking at from a missional perspective. 
Now, there's some other things we're hoping to do. Again, starting the first of the year, I want to bring up this next slide. I don't know if you saw these this morning. Um, these are way cool, right? Pastor Scott kind of redesigned and fabricated some stuff here, and we're very excited about this. But let's see if you can tell the difference between the pictures. It's a little bit of that game that gets played. Go ahead and bring up the next one. It's which of these is not like the other. Um, ah! Look at that! Two services of Redemption Church! Look at that! We are planning that come January, and there's a number of reasons for that, but the, the, the most important ones are, man, it gives us some flexibility in children's ministry. We have a number of people that say, man, 10 o'clock, we just can't do 10 o'clock. We work at whatever it is, 11, 11, 20. If there's an earlier service, we could come, all of that. And so we've been looking at this saying, hey, we want to do this. We've been planning on doing it. Now we're finally going to do it. We had hoped to do it actually in the fall, but here's what this takes. This goes back to what does God want of you? It takes people. Right? It takes people saying, yes, I will serve in Sunday school. Yes, I will be a part of Set Up and Tear Down. Yes, I will make sure I contribute my time to that. Uh, because again, that's the way we can pull this off. So you can already start thinking and praying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve? How do you want me to be involved? Some other cool things we'll be able to do on Sunday morning, newcomers classes on Sunday morning, uh, other classes on Sunday morning for adults also, uh, membership classes on Sunday morning. There's a lot of things we'll be able to do because we have the two service hours. Now, don't lock in too much to those times. They're probably right around that ballpark, but um, we're definitely going to be having the two service model so we can accomplish some of those goals. And so we're very excited about that. So something for us to be planning on and looking forward to. Another thing is something we're just beginning to realize. You can bring up that next slide there, Jim. Uh, this is something that uh, my man Wes put together the other day, just out of curiosity. And, and we were fascinated by this stuff. I was just looking at it with my thought, how strange. What this told us, and I, I'm not bringing up all the text that he worked on, um, but what we found is if you took the hub and you said that becomes the bullseye, and then you just go 10 miles in any direction, uh, what do you find? And one of the things he found that fascinated him right off the bat is that he's our, our resident pastor over junior high ministry, and they're gone this weekend, actually doing a big training and equipping thing this weekend, which is great, uh, and this is partly why he's doing it, but what he found is that most of our junior high ministry is pulled from Tolt. And Tolt is the fourth furthest away junior high from the hub. Right? So he's like, we have three junior highs that are closer to the hub than Tolt. Right? So then we just started looking at all of that. We're like, wow, wait, well, what's the distance? What's the time to these different locations and different places? And so you can kind of get a sense then, even of the reach of Redemption Church. You know, it's in the blue where you go, okay, we kind of have a reach here. We have a reach here. We have a reach here. We have a bigger block here. But, but why are we looking so narrow? Because again, we are within striking distance of all sorts of places. And there's some places where a church isn't really close by. In fact, we're starting to look at that corridor. Bring up that next slide, Jim. We're starting to look at that whole corridor right there, saying, well, how come we're not proactively thinking about how to reach into that location, right? How come we're not starting to think about how can we uh, have a presence there as a church and as a student ministries program and overall just the ministry of redemption? Why aren't we looking that direction more? Now, we might say, well, because nobody wants to drive that far. <clears throat> not true. Not true. Do you know how many people on Sunday morning drive out of this city and they will drive 45 minutes to go to church? I mean, literally, it's amazing. I'll bet more Christians leave Duval for church than stay in Duval for church. 
right? They'll go to Mars Hill. They'll go to Overlake. They'll go all kinds of places. People will drive to church. People will drive to churches especially where they go, man, the word is taught. People are loved. God is glorified. Um, Man, we need to think bigger about how we do things and who we are and who we can reach and how we can do it. And so we're just trying to reverse the current. We know everybody's like, well, as soon as you drive east, every one mile is 25 miles in spirit. I got that. Um, You know what I mean? You ever notice that? I mean, honestly, it's like, you know, if you live in downtown Redmond, I live up on Mountain View Road. I'll be like, you want to come to my house? Oh, it's too far. I live downtown Redmond. Oh, no problem. It's only twice as far. You know what I mean? But there's like this attitude. Driving west, not a big deal. Driving east, it's weird. We're going to see if we can reverse the flow, all right? Um, honestly, because we are, our redemption is closer for a lot of places in that area than some of the churches people would choose to go to anyway. So all the more, we're looking at how can we do that and how can we do it effectively. Another thing we're looking at doing this uh, year, come the first of the year, giving you a survey. And the survey, we're still developing it, but the survey is basically to go, what's your heart as a church as far as the location factor goes. And what I mean by that is, what's your heart? Do you want to buy property and build a building someday? Do you want to lease a building? And what does that look like? Or you want to do nothing and stay in the school? And what does that look like? And again, we're not front-loading it. We're just going to say, here are all the options so that we as a leadership and as a church can begin to think five and ten years out as far as what we need to do and where we need to go on that topic. Again, that's not the big idea. The big idea is reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the big idea. But we want to be kind of forward-looking, and so we'll survey you. So when people go, you guys are thinking about something. Uh Uh-huh, we're thinking about a survey. You're planning something. Yeah, it's called a survey. That's what we're planning. Um, that's, That's all we're planning at that point. So we want to make sure that you understand those dynamics, and so you'll do the survey. So again, these are all things that we're thinking about and planning and wanting to do that you can be a part of, that you can contribute to, that you can be praying for, that you can be praying for us as far as how we navigate that, how we navigate expansion, how we navigate growth, how we navigate reaching, how we do all of that. And reaching is the key. We want to be reaching, reaching, reaching. And, And that leads me into something that does incorporate our capacity to do that more effectively as we move toward the future. It's a little campaign or a program we've put put together called Reach 80 and 80. This is something we've been talking about as elders and praying about and saying, okay, you know, how do you want us to do this and when do you want to do it and everything else? And we really feel that now is the time for the Reach 80 and 80 campaign. Now, this is what this really comes down to. You can bring up the next slide. We want to reach $80,000 in 80 days from October 13th to December 31st We want to raise $80,000. Now, the reason for this is multifaceted, but the first is this. When redemption started, we instantly started with debt responsibility, right? Just as a part of the nature of when we were born, that was there. And so we've had this for a while, and we've been paying it off for a while. This is a zero-interest loan. We've been paying $5,000 a month to it. But we look at it now, and we say, you know what? We just want to retire it. We just want to be done... For a number of reasons. First reason is this. This is the big idea. Ready? Debt is dumb. Alright, so. Thank you. Um, debt is dumb. That's our number one reason why we want to retire any debt load. Debt is dumb. 
The second reason is, frankly, when you have debt, you don't have options. You just don't have options, right? So if somebody came to us tomorrow and they said, oh man, we got this great piece of property for you, everything else, if you just save up X for this amount of time, we'll totally sell it to you dirt cheap. We would say, well, we don't have that option because we're still taking care of this. It doesn't give you uh, flexibility based on priority because again, we have different ministry leaders coming to us and they say, hey, can we get X for children's or X for youth or Y for worship arts or whatever else? We go, man, we can't do that because right now we're paying on this. So it doesn't give us flexibility as well as it doesn't give us options. On top of all of that, frankly, it's honorable to be done with that. It's honorable. It's a blessable thing to say, we want to carve this out and be done. It is an opportunity. It is a blessing. It is a privilege for us to say, you know what, we're going to take ownership of this and be done so that really when we go into January 1, we go, it's just over and now we have freedom. We have total freedom because as a church, I mean, you got to understand, we kind of inherited this right from the get-go when we finally founded our founding documents. uh, We actually built into there a no-debt policy, right? So, so as a church, we go, hey man, God gives us what we need to move forward and, and that's it. We don't, we don't take debt to do it. And so even in the spirit of our heart as a church, we go, man, let's just deal with this and retire it. And so it's going to be this great campaign we run again from October 13th all the way to December 31st. 80 days, $80,000, that is our target. Now, when we do things like this, a lot of churches kind of have an iconic symbol to show that you're filling it up. Let's go ahead and bring up that next slide. Uh, some churches... Love the thermometer. I don't know why. It's like, I've been to a number of churches that use the thermometer. I'm like, I, I don't know. Some other churches use a tree. Like, let's add, like, every five grand is a piece of fruit or whatever. Um, and I'm like, nah, that's not really us. So I kind of went to the staff. I asked for their ideas. I asked each one of them what they thought. Here was Reese's idea. I thought, um... <laughs> She's thinking out of the box. Um, appreciated that. That's clever, Reese. That's awesome. Uh, then uh, next was, was uh, let's see, who's this next? There's mine. I'm kind of a book nerd, but nobody thought anybody would get excited about, ooh, commentaries on the Old Testament. Yippee-doo. Um, I had no success. So then we went to Scott Thompson. Scott was all over it. He's like, ah, put more ammo in my ammo box. That, that's a good way to be able to measure it. And then Ryan, of course, he is a musician, and he would like guitars of the world, um, which Texas, the greatest country on God's good earth, right there. And, and right now I'm like, I'm already getting in trouble for that Confederate one, I know it. But um, anyway, well, we can do it all of those ways. We can come up with all these cool icons. Here's the way we will report this every single week. We will be as boring as... We want to reach X. Here's how much we reach this week. The amount to reach by 1231. But you can apply whatever icon you would like in your mind. All right? So uh, it's up to you. But literally every single week we'll say, hey, here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. Again, this is a, a positive and good thing for us. And so that's the way we'll do it. So every single Sunday we'll report. Every single Sunday you will know. And we will close in on the 31st of December. And man, I, I'm excited about this. It's like... It's like, man, if we can reach 80, I'm prepared to do foolhardy things for that. That's how, like, I don't know if I'd buy my own baby. No, I won't say it. Um, uh, oh, it almost slipped out. Um, 
Uh, all right. So, um, no, but okay. So here's how you can contribute to the reach 80 in 80. Here's a couple of little simple tips here. Uh, first of all, if you decide to write a check, just put reach 80 in the memo box. That's how you know. By the way, this is not, I'm going to take my giving and just put reach 80, 80 and call it done. This is above and beyond what you would normally give. That's what a campaign is about, is to continue to do the things the church needs to do, but alleviate this load simultaneously. That's the goal. So on your check, you can put reach 80, 80. If you give online at the city, you can read on that next slide right there in the confirmation section, just put reach 80. That's the way you designate. So whether it's a check, whether it's the city, that's the way you can do it. So these are ways that you can be a part of things, right? And I bring it back to the ways that you can be a part. It goes back to time, talents, and treasures. All of this, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It's, oh, that was a crack. That was something. Yeah, but got hair still, though. That's good. All right, so... Um, Good to know I'm still a man in there somewhere. All right, so... Uh, no, this is, this is a way you can contribute, Right? Time, talent, treasures. Oh, here's what they want to do for the city. Oh, here's what they want to do for Sunday mornings. Oh, here's what they want to do on Reach 80 and 80. Whatever it is. Because as we go into year two, we know a lot more than we did in year one. Year one was so much learning. So much growing. So much understanding. Again, we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know what doing church was like without a building. And there was many things we didn't know even through this summer. You think, oh no, they figured it out by like December of last year. No, we didn't. Right? It's like now we go, oh, we get it. We see what we get to do. We see where we need to go. We see now how it needs to be done. And so we invite you to invest your time, your talents, your treasures. Because ultimately, this church is not about me and it's not about the other elders and pastors. It's not about the organization. It's about us saying it's all about Jesus. That's what it is. It's about all of us saying it's all about Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray together. Jesus, I thank you for your grace and your goodness. I thank you for your love and your truth. I thank you for redemption, both the theology of and the church that it has brought forth. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for this place bringing to bear you on this city and environment. Give us your wisdom and give us your focus as we go forward. In your awesome name, amen.